Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message from Norm Oberlin, pastor of Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will help strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy. And now, here is Pastor Norm. I love this picture. I'd love to give credit where credit's due, but I could not find the owner, so I'm just admitting it today. Uh, hopefully I didn't steal it. I just, it was perfect. How inviting is that? If you were underwater and you saw his face reaching down, how many would grab his hand? He's just got that smile. It's like, come on. I got this. Come on. Well, if you have a basic understanding of the Old Testament, you probably already know this, that the original children of God were the Hebrew people or the Jewish people, if you will. But the blessing of the New Testament is that by God's grace we are saved. Not because of who we are or the line that we followed, rather because God chose to call all men unto Him. And that's the blessing of the New Testament. Thanks be to Jesus, God's Son, you and I can be grafted into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. i like to read this out of John 1, verses 10 and following. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Of course, this is talking about Jesus. And the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. Now, again, there he's talking about the Jewish people. He came to them to bring the good news, but many of them rejected him. But as many as received him, verse 12, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. In the church, we call this being born again. We've all been born of a mother, a flesh and blood mother, but when we come to Jesus, when He grafts us into the kingdom of God, into the lineage of Christ, we become born of the Spirit. And that's the goal of the Gospel, is to get us born again. So according to the Bible, Jesus came to reach the Jews first, but many of the Jews refused to believe in the Son, so Jesus then offered this free gift of salvation to any who believed. And my question to you today is, have you believed? Have you believed? How many can say amen? How many are still believing? You know, we, we can look at that in a past tense. Oh yeah, I remember once I believed. Maybe you used to believe in the Easter Bunny. You probably don't anymore. Some of you, that's the way you are with God. Yeah, I used to believe. And not so much anymore. I want to tell you something. God is still real. God is still in heaven over the earth. God's power is still available to those who believe. But you must believe first. What I want you to take away from this message today is that there are many benefits for those who God calls His children. Poke your neighbor and ask them, are you a child of God? Come on. I should have had you wait for a reply. I hope you know this, but God wants to give good things to His kids. How many parents are in this room? Most parents, there are a few exceptions to this, some corny people and, and warped people, but most parents want to bless their kids. They want them to do well. They want them to do good, be do-gooders, good-doers, whatever. We want them to prosper, to have lots of kids, right, moms and dads? When they get to the age they're supposed to. And Mary. And all the other things that should be a part of that. We want them to prosper and be blessed. And God wants us to prosper and be blessed. He gives His children not just a blessing of the present, but also the blessing of the future. 
And I believe the Scriptures bear this out. I want to, this is going to be my key verse today, or passage. Romans 8. If you have your sword with you, you can turn there. I'm reading from the New Living Testament, unless it says that otherwise, and I think they're all NLT today. Beginning with verse 12, chapter 8. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. So you got that part? You live by the sinful nature, what's going to happen? You're going to die. We all die, eventually. But we don't really die, do we? Our spirit continues to live. But if, he goes on to say, through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. How do you overcome the sinful nature? Through the power of His Spirit. Hallelujah. Get that in your heart today. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. That's why I said, if you're born again, if the Holy Spirit is guiding you, then you are a child of the living God. Verse 15. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. There again, Scripture shows us that we've been adopted into his kingdom. Not by anything we've done. Is a child that's adopted, have they done anything? No, it's up to the parents to do this. It's their goodwill toward that little person that changes everything. And it's the same with God. He, he chose to adopt us into His kingdom. And because of that, this verse goes on to say, now we call Him Abba Father. Say that with me. Abba Father. Kind of an unusual term, and you don't see it very often at all in the, in the Scriptures, but this is a term of endearment. All right? You only say this to people who you really love and who really love you. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. So the Holy Spirit confirms and affirms that we are His children. Point at yourself and say, I'm a child of God. And you are if you're born again. Verse 17, the last verse, And since we are His children, we are his heirs. Have you ever inherited anything? Anybody? Just a couple of us? You know, it might be money, it might be property, it might be uh, your grandparents' Bible that had all kinds of highlights and, and notes in it, and, and you still, you just go back and you read it. Oh, look, at, they got that nugget out of there. And it could be anything. With Jesus, it's everything. <laughs> everything good. We inherit it all. We are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share His glory, we will also share His suffering. And I'm not going to go into this. We've covered this a lot lately. You all know that being a Christian doesn't mean there's no suffering. There are. There is. There is suffering. This world suffers. That's why God sent Jesus. Because He knew that. And when we get to heaven, there will be no more suffering. But on this side, because of the fall of man, because of sin, there is suffering. So that's just part of life. Now according to this passage, again, to be a child of God, you have to do one thing. You have to leave your sinful life. Can I ask, how are you doing there? How are you doing there? This passage goes on to say you are under, and I'm quoting, no obligation to sin. You know, sometimes we think, oh, well, I'm just, just who I am. That's who I am. That's how I'm made. No. You're under no obligation. Once you're born again, you are under no obligation to sin. Should have been a lot more of you saying, amen, preacher. Preach that good news. This is the Word of God, folks, not anything I'm saying. And here's the other side to this. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives us the strength to overcome that sin. 
But you have to invite him into your life. You have to welcome him. You have to spend time with him. And trust me, if you're full of the Holy Ghost, you are not going to be thinking about sinning. You're not going to be thinking of that other woman at work. You're not going to be thinking of the pornography that you hide in the dark of night. You're not going to be thinking of, the, of lying to people so you can get another promotion. Those things will not even be a part of who you are because you're going to know by the Holy Ghost that that thing is wrong. And he will influence you if you give him opportunity. But that's what this whole message is about today, is living within the family of God. And I'm telling you, there's so many positives to this if you'll just let it get into your spirit. Can we pray one more time? You don't have to stand. Father, again, I just pray that you would open our hearts to receive from you. Lord, each one of us are your children, and I trust, Lord, that you have called each one of us by name. Perhaps they've not responded yet to that gift of salvation, but I pray today would be their day, the day of salvation for everyone within this, the hearing of my voice within this room, and even those that might listen to this online. Lord, I pray they would confess their sin and give you their heart, give you their life, and invite Jesus to become Lord over them. And now, Lord, use this man again, I pray, to speak into their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. One of the biggest blessings as I look at this passage, as I look at overall all of Scripture, is that you are blessed with, as soon as you say yes to Jesus, you are blessed with an instant family. And not some crazy family like some of you folks are from. Some of you folks make it crazy. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about God. And, and I want to begin, of course, with None other than the Father. Your Heavenly Father. He loves us so much. It begins with that term. Paul exhorts us, call Him as it is, Abba, Father. Again, I've already said this. This is a term of endearment. How many of you talk to God like that? Father, thank You. Thank You for everything. Thank You for blessing us yesterday with $2,500 from someone that we didn't even know. Thank you, Lord, for ministering to the families in Louisiana, Lord. And we know miracles are happening there. How many of you talk to him like that? He's your father. He wants to hear from you. Some of you don't know what that means. I don't know how to start. Just start. Just talk to him. He's there. And he wants that kind of relationship with you. How much does God love you? How much does your Heavenly Father love you? So much, and I know sometimes it seems like we wear this out, but I don't think we can. For God loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent His Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through Him. You and I might be willing to help someone that's helped us but would you be willing to help someone that's your enemy? But that's the kind of God we have. Our Heavenly Father, when, when they use this term love here, it's agape. It means unconditional. Doesn't matter who you are and what you've done. He still loves you. He loved us first. We are loved because He loved us. We love because He first loved us. 1 John 4.19 Do you know, you really can't love until you've become born again. Because this is something God puts in us. He gives us that love. And after we're born again, we're capable of so much more because of His grace and His mercy. God adds His love to us so that we can love Him in return. And I didn't get this when I first became born again. 
When I grew up, and I, I don't mean to be critical of my dad. My dad did his best. I've shared this before. He didn't have a dad growing up. His dad left him when he was young. Therefore, he did the best he could do. So the dad I had, he was kind of not perfect. <laughs> that would be an understatement. He wasn't perfect. And some of you are that way. Some of you have had parents like that. That's all right. That's all right. God puts that love in us so that we can return it. And when I, when I first realized how that burden of sin had been lifted off of me, and man, I'm telling you, I felt so relieved. I was a new man. And I knew it. I knew something on the inside had changed. I didn't look any different on the outside, but, well, other than I started to smile a little more. <laughs> God does that for us. He does everything first. And then he says, now it's your turn. Here's everything you need, now it's your turn. That's the kind of God we serve. You might be here today, and you might say, you know what, God couldn't love me. I've done way too many things wrong. If you feel that way, like you're the worst of sinners, <laughs> I want you to know you'd be completely wrong. Because your Heavenly Father can love you, even though you may have committed atrocities. You may have been sexually immoral. You may have been a prostitute. You may have been whatever, a murderer even. It doesn't matter to God. What matters is that you come to Him and you cry out to Him, Father, forgive me, for I have sinned. And by doing so, you invite the love of God to overcome you and overtake you and He begins to fill you. And then you're able to love others in a new way. But you have to first repent. And once you've done this, the miracle begins to take place. Not only are your sins forgiven, but now you can go out and even forgive others. <laughs> Those that have hurt you. Wounded you. Listen to what John said in 1 John 1, 8-10. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that His Word has no place in our hearts. All of us are sinners. Every single person in this room was and probably is a sinner because we still screw up even after becoming born again. Can I get a good amen? Amen. And the sin is what separates us from God. So the, the key, again, to living for the Lord is not to let that sin overcome you. You overcome it through the power of the Holy Spirit. God made a way where there was no other way. Now it's up to us to live in that way through Jesus, His Son. And He did that because He loves us and here's the thing, some of us miss this part, and because he wants a relationship with you. Where did Jesus go when he needed to get away from people? He went to those solitary places where he could spend time with his Father. Why would he do that if it wasn't important? Are you doing that? Understand how much God loves you and wants that relationship with you. The Lord provided forgiveness, but it's up to you to ask for it. Can I get a good amen? amen. That's the Father. You inherit Him as you become born again. The second part of this, first with the Father, then our big brother. <laughs> our big brother. How many have a big brother? An earthly big brother. You know, when we say the word big brother, oftentimes we think of the government, big government, you know, they're, they're watching us. They probably are. 
those crazies out there in Mount Hope. We pulled in the other night, and, and there's a vehicle out in the driveway in the plate on the front, U.S. government, and there, there are two people in there, a man and a woman, texting something. I don't know if they broke into our, our Wi-Fi or what they were doing, but uh, anyway, I thought that was kind of weird. Big Brother, oh, they're checking up on us. You might not think too much of a big brother in that sense. But if you've had a big brother, and I had a big brother, his name was Butch. I thought he was awesome. He was my hero. And he just happened to be a really good drummer. And he played in a band. And I was five years younger than him, or four and a half, and I'm telling you, for a young kid to have your brother in a rock and roll band, back in the day anyway, it was pretty cool. The band accepted me, everybody in it. He had five other guys on the team, and they all loved me because I was Butch's little brother. Did I earn it? Uh-uh. Did I have any talent? Uh-uh. Other than I might be able to carry a speaker once in a while. I did help him a little bit with that. It was a blast being a part of that band. And I even got special privileges wherever we played. Like, the girls thought I was cool. Wow, you're the drummer's brother? Awesome. I didn't do nothing. It's because I inherited him. Or he inherited me. I don't know which way that would go. I didn't earn it, but because of my brother, those things were given to me. It's very similar to your big brother Jesus. You're accepted into the kingdom of God because Jesus has become your big brother. Yes, He's your Lord. Yes, He's your King. And we're going to see more of that in days to come. But He's also your big brother. When you become born again, Jesus becomes your big brother. Again, Romans 8.17 says, And since we are His children, we are His heirs. In fact, together with who? Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Hallelujah. You didn't earn it, nor can you. But you become part of the Jesus band. Give me a little liberty here. Only because Jesus is your big brother. And as a result, everyone in heaven recognizes you as part of the family. You ever think about that? Heaven knows your name because you said yes to Jesus and He's your big brother. That's pretty cool. Hey, there's Norm. Jesus' brother. I like the way that sounds. There's Sarah. Jesus' little sister. I love it. Of course, we're all brothers and sisters because we're all grafted into the vine. But I just want to stick to the local family here right now. We won't go into that part. There's nobody but Jesus that can give you a better image. Not Katy Perry. Not Justin Bieber. Not even Michael Phelps. How many have been watching the Olympics? Anybody else? All right. Just making sure. Sometimes I draw these out and I'm not sure if you'll get it. 23 medals? 23 gold medals. And somebody did a, a picture of uh, uh, the, god, uh, the god Neptune and they had, him, they had him watching from the sideline. I'm like, oh brother. Your association with Jesus is what gives you the access to the kingdom. All the blessings, all the privileges. It's because He's your brother. Only Jesus can give you the VIP pass to God. Say that with me. Only Jesus can give me the VIP pass to God. There's no other God, no other prophet that can do that. Only Jesus. What more could we ask for? But on the flip side, 
The devil recognizes you too. When Jesus becomes your brother, your big brother, at one time you were no threat to him. You were just a pawn, but now you become a threat. It's because you're connected to heaven through the blood of Jesus Christ. There you become a threat because you have the potential to destroy the works of darkness. When you get tight with Jesus, things change. And He will have you do things. He will have you pray things that will bring light into the darkness. But knowing that means that as a little brother or a little sister, you cannot become complacent in your relationship with the Lord. I have a cat that looks just like this. I could have just taken his picture, but I chose this one. And my cat's just the same size. But this is us. We get complacent. We forget about what we're supposed to be doing here. We forget that we're in a battle. We forget there's more to life than just taking care of me. Again, as I was watching the Olympics this last week, we happened to tune in to the basketball game between Team USA and the team from Serbia. And I'm watching this, and these guys are the greats, all right, on our team. They're the greats. You'd know them all. And I'm watching, and my, in fact, my grandson knew every one of them. He's, what, nine? I was like, dude, you know those guys? Oh, yeah, I know their coaches. That's not me. I was impressed, though. Anyway, they almost lost the game. This was game number three. They're going for the gold. And I guess the last Olympics, they beat this team by like 80 points or more. I, can't, I don't know the exact number. But here's the thing. Something happened between Team USA. They became complacent. And, and that's not my word. That's Paul Jordan, one of the team players. That was his quote after the game. We became complacent. We weren't playing as a team. We were playing one-on-one -on -one basketball, and it just doesn't work that way. They were playing as a team, and they almost beat us. The final score was 93-90. to One shot, and the very last shot they made before the buzzer went was a three-point shot from outside that line. If he'd made it, they would have gone into overtime, and who knows where it would have landed them. But I'm just sitting there going, they were complacent. And that's how the church gets. We've had all these victories, and we've been sailing along because Jesus is with me, brother. And we forget that we're still in the battle. And we cannot take things lightly. I don't care who you are. We cannot be complacent. Again, give me some liberty on Team Jesus. You and I have to stay prayed up and pumped up in the Spirit. And there we will continue to be a formidable foe to the devil and his kingdom. So don't take your relationship with Jesus lightly. It's not just one of those things where you come in the front door, okay, I'm born again, thank you Jesus, and then go on living your life like nothing ever happened. It's a daily walk, a daily commitment. It's a relationship that you have to invest in. God's already there waiting for you. And the more you invest in it, the more He pours into you. I've said this a lot lately and in recent messages, but count the cost, my friends. Count the cost. Go Team Jesus. <laughs> Last but not least, our family includes the Holy Spirit. Where would we be without Him? For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. 
For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For His Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Let me tell you something. When you're full of the Holy Ghost, you become filled with God's best. When you are full of the Holy Ghost, you become filled with God's best. And the best part about the Holy Spirit is that He is always with us. He is always there to help us no matter what kind of trials, tribulations, or sufferings we have to go through. We heard this morning that one of our AG pastors in another country had been kidnapped. God be with them. Give him the strength to endure. And we were praying earlier that he would lead his captors to Christ. The Holy Spirit is here to guide us. This not only means that he will help us avoid many traps that have been set for us. I want you to really hear this part. When you are serving God, when Jesus Christ is your big brother, when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, He will help you avoid many of the traps that the devil has set for you. But that's not all, folks. But that's not all, folks. Warner Brothers is going to get me on that one. It also means that we will have keen insights into things that nobody else knows. You know, when, when I worked in uh, engineering, and by the way, I could go way back, there were so many miracles that happened once I was filled with the Holy Spirit. God spoke to me continuously, showing me what to apply for, what not to apply for, what to say, what not to say. And there were times that I'd be working on experimental engines in the Oldsmobile Engineering Department that were valued at somewhere between $500,000 and a million dollars. No one had ever worked on them before, and I'd be looking at this thing going, I don't know how to do this. That's not what the engineers wanted to hear. And I would get on my knees and I'd say, Lord, (laughs) Norm here, I need some insight. You know how everything works. Help me to understand this. And I'm telling you, he did. He did. I believe that many of the cures that have been discovered were discovered by God-fearing men and women, scientists who loved the Lord and believed in Him and prayed, God, show me how to develop this cure. Too bad we don't do that more often today. I think there'd be a lot of those things that are plaguing us that would disappear if only we would admit that we need Him. Hallelujah. Got to figure out where I'm at here. Don't want to skip anything. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. There it is. Jesus told his disciples, there's so much more I want to tell you, but you can't bear it now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own, but will tell you what He has heard. He will tell you about the future. You don't have to go to soothsayers. You don't have to go to have somebody read your horoscope. All you got to do is go to Jesus. Go to God the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, show me what's coming. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever He receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said, the Spirit will tell you whatever He receives from me. That's good news. I wanted to share a quote from John Belt. I don't know much about this man, but he's a prophet. And he's from Overflow Global Ministries. And he said this, he said, Through the Spirit of worship, we are able to access the realms of glory where revelation flows. He shared from Revelation 19.10. Then I fell down at his feet to worship him. This was the angel. He was worshiping the angel. The angel said, no, don't worship me. 
I'm a servant of God, just like you and your brothers and your sisters who testify about their faith in Jesus. Worship only God, for the essence of prophecy is to give a clear witness for Jesus. You know, when God fills us with His Holy Spirit, it's so people will see that there is something different about you. Because you are filled with God the Holy Spirit. And His essence leads people to a place where they have to at least admit there's something different about you. And hopefully that's a positive thing. And then that leads to them saying, you know, I want that. How many been there, done that? Bought the born again t-shirt. That was me. That crazy guy that worked on the other end of my job. And, ah! But I saw something in him. The essence of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he spent time with God. How you doing with that? How you doing? Hallelujah. His essence begins to get on you and in you when you spend time with Him. Can you say that with me? Allow the Holy Spirit to take you over. Say this, His essence begins to get on you and in you when you spend time with Him. You want people to be changed around you? Stop talking in the flesh. Start spending time with the Lord. Start worshiping Him in the Spirit. And you're going to come down off that mountain like Moses. You're going to be glowing. You're going to be like the glow bug. And they're going to be going, Dude, you been at Chernobyl or what? <laughs> nope. Been spending time with my friend. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 5, 18 and 19, don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. I want to say that one again today. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. So I think there are some people that might have an issue with that. Instead, he said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts. How many of you do this? This morning, I found myself doing this. And I didn't realize what I was doing at first. I just started singing. And this song came out of my heart that I made it up. I was telling my prayer, the prayer partners when they came in to pray with me this morning, I said, that sounded pretty good. I wish I'd recorded it. <laughs> anyway, this is the kind of relationship that God wants with us. You know, we think it's just going to church Sunday morning for an hour and a half, and then on we go. No. God wants that relationship with you. With each one of you. And when the church gets this, I'm telling you what, you know what happens when you come into church and there are 180 people in here wanting more? Do you know what happens? God gives more. And then it, it, it's like that... It comes down and then it goes out. Hallelujah. And that's what we're waiting for, isn't it? We want our friends, our family to get saved. You can't do it, but if they see the essence of God in you, it's going to draw them like a moth to a bug light. But we don't get burnt. We get born again. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh. Since I've given my life to Jesus and been filled with the Holy Spirit, 
There is no greater feeling. And, and trust me, when I hung out with my brother's band, there were some other things I did. Doesn't compare to the Holy Ghost. You can live like this by becoming intentional with God the Holy Spirit. Jesus wants to bless you with that, baptize you with that. If only you let Him. But you need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill you with His essence. There is nothing good that God will withhold from you. Nothing. If you need it, and it'll do you good, He'll give it to you. That's why Jesus spent so much time on the mountain, in the garden. He needed more. More of the essence. And then when He went out, He was able to do more. Miracles, signs, and wonders followed. Hallelujah. Here's some more good news. Next Friday and Saturday, Harry and Cheryl Salem will be here to do what we're calling the School of the Holy Spirit. Here's the thing. This is perfect for where we're at right now. Tuesday nights we've been seeing God move in our prophetic etiquette class. Thursday nights God's been moving in our Bible training classes. We're going to begin Wednesday nights again in uh, September, but just bear with me. If you want more, this is where you need to be next Friday and Saturday morning. Next Friday night, 7 p.m. right here. Then in the morning, Saturday at 9 a.m. If you can't make both, make one of them. And then they'll conclude this whole thing Sunday morning at 10.30. How many were here the last time or the time before that when they were here? Was it worth it? Just to, And this has nothing to do with her anointing because God is no respecter of persons, but Cheryl was Miss 1984, Miss America 1984. She's a, a beautiful woman on the outside and she's a beautiful woman on the inside. And God uses her to call things out. And the last time they were here, they were, they were calling stuff out. I've got this. I feel like this. And, and people were going, yeah, that's me. And then they'd pray for them. We're going to see that next Friday and Saturday and Sunday. But you need to invite people. And I don't know if you got one of these. If you didn't, make sure you do. But we, we made up these little handouts. If you want to invite someone, they're out on the guest service desk. If you didn't already get one, please invite people. How do people come to church? How do people come to Jesus? The number one way is personal invitation. We can hit every airwave, and I'm telling you, it will not be as effective as you personally praying, Lord, who can I invite? And then handing that to someone. Saying, love to see you there. I, I think this would do you good. And if you're one of those who you're born again, and you've been like, man, I want more of God. Don't miss this. And we're going to spend three days, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, six to seven, praying here. So we would invite you to join us for that because we know that if we don't pray, if God's not in it, we're laboring in vain. But we are trusting that God is going to join us. And the gifts are going to be amplified Friday and Saturday. Maybe even before that. <laughs> I think that'll happen too. So can I get a good amen with all of that? Amen. To God be the glory. In conclusion, can I get an amen? amen. John 14, I just wanted to read this because it talks about the family. All who love me, Jesus said, will do what I say. My Father will love them and we will come and make our home with each of them. Is that cool or what? Anyone who doesn't love me will not obey me. And remember, my words are not my own. What I am telling you is from the Father who sent me. I am telling you these things now while I'm still with you. This is what he was saying to his disciples. 
But when the Father sends the Advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, He will teach you everything and He will remind you of everything I have told you. Right there in that passage is all about God the Father, Jesus the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. That's the Trinity, folks. God is one. And I don't have time to go into all that today, but know this. When you become born again, you become a new person, and you become a child of God. Would you stand with me? It is so simple. I like simple things because I'm a simple guy. Come to Jesus. Come to God. Get a new family. (laughs) Can't be any easier than that. But you have to do your part. You have to say yes. You have to say, I I need His forgiveness because I've messed up. I don't know where you're at. We're all different. We're all unique. Just like the snowflakes, none of us is alike. All our stories are different. Might be some similarities. But the fact is, you're unique in God. You're a special person. And He created you to be who you are, not somebody else. If you're looking around going, man, I wish I was like that one, or I wish I was like this one, I wish I looked like... Cheryl Salem, I'm not saying that. I'm saying if I was a woman. You know, that would be wrong because you are exactly who God created you to be. And He doesn't want you to change in that sense. But He does want to change us on the inside. Because that part's messed up due to our inheritance of sin. So I'd ask today, with every head bowed, every eye closed, where are you at? God invites us to join his family. Have you joined the family yet? I want to ask if you're here and you'd say, Pastor, I want to join that family. Maybe you once belonged to it and you kind of went on your own for a while, but you've come back and you know today that you're going to make the right decision by saying yes to Jesus one more time. Or maybe you're in here and you've never said yes to Jesus. You've never said, Lord, I want to be a part of your family. Forgive me of my many sins. Change me from the inside out. I give you my life. If you would like to do that, either one of those, I would ask right now, with heads bowed, eyes closed, would you please lift your hand up so I can see it? Yep, hands going up. Anybody else? Hands going up. Thank you. Four or five so far. Anybody else that hasn't already raised their hand? We want to pray with you today as a family because we believe in prayer And I know God's going to do something supernatural here. I I sense there's one more, at least one more, that God's waiting for. Listen, He's been calling your number for years. And you have turned your back on Him. You have said, no, not this week. And you may not have another week to live. And I'm not trying to scare anybody. But if that's you, I'm feeling this in the Spirit. Sometimes He speaks to me like that. If that's you, please, every head bowed, eyes closed. I don't want anybody looking around. Would you just lift your hand up so I can see it real quick? And then you can put it right back down. All right. We're going to move on. I want you to pray this with me if you raise your hand. And I'd invite all the saints in this room to join us. Heavenly Father, I want to be a part of your family. Today, I call you Abba Father, dear Dad. Thank you for loving me and sending Jesus to take my place for judgment. I accept what he did on the cross. And I ask right now that you'd forgive me of my sins and make me a new person. Jesus, thank you for loving me and for baptizing me in the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill me afresh and anew. I pray in the name of Jesus and help me to live for you 
guide me. Show me what I need to see ahead. The pitfalls, as well as the blessings. I pray this all in your name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand today. You know, when we have church in heaven, it isn't going to compare, but I'll tell you, this isn't bad. You could just sense the presence of the Holy Spirit here. And I hope that you will be intentional about your relationship with Him. I could have ended this in so many ways today, but I want to leave you with this. If, if you've kind of been shifting around on the edge, not really sold out, not really giving God your all, Give Him a chance to move in mighty ways in your life. Find that place of solitude. I don't care if it's in the car on the way to work or in your secret place, out in the woods, wherever it might be, but find a place where you can spend some quality time and then just dwell on Him and let Him fill you fresh and anew. Maybe He'll put a new song in your heart <laughs> like He did me this morning. Father, we thank You again for everything You're doing in this church. Draw us back this week, whether it be for prayer, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, for the prophetic etiquette class on Tuesday, or BTI on Thursday, but especially, Lord, as we get closer to the weekend, remind us that Friday at 7 p.m., Harry and Cheryl are going to be here, and I know, Lord, we're going to be blessed, and then again Saturday morning at 9 a.m. We love you, Lord. We pray that you'd keep us all safe in our coming and going, and Lord, may we all have a God-filled week. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you. Thanks for coming out today. God bless you. We pray you enjoyed this message from Pastor Norm Oberlin. If you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at gaylorchurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.